Hey guys, and welcome back to Paranormal Hotline Podcast, the weekly paranormal podcast where we talk about things like why does the chupacabra look so much like my Sonic OC and which one came first. My name's Kaylee, and I'm joined by my co-host, Oshin. Hey there. So before we get into the rest of the episode, Oshin, you mentioned that you had a spooky tale from the guy who fixes your car, and I'm really interested in this. Uh, yes. I need to know what the hell this is, and I think our listeners deserve to hear this story too. So I said we could do it on the podcast. Yes, so this is this is a, a real ghost story. A real ghost story as it was told to me by my father, who was told by the man it happened to, who just so happens to fix our cars. So, this is how it goes. A couple of years ago, some years ago, he moved into his new house, and it was an old house. And so he was doing it up, so he was there uh, before his family came for you know a while while he was doing it up. Every night when he was in bed on his own, he kept on hearing things moving around, like there was someone there. Ooh. Um, mm. And anyway, so as part of doing up the house, you know, interior design, interior decorating, he puts up a mirror on a hook. He wakes up uh, the, the next day and it's on the floor. He thinks that's a bit weird. I don't remember taking it down and the hook doesn't look like it's broken. So he puts it back up and that night again, he wakes, he wakes up in the morning and it's on the floor again. And this happens enough for him to screw it to the wall with like serious Jesus. like screws like yeah, with yeah. roll plugs and everything why are mirrors just um, so paranormal to begin with there's something so I, I spooky know, yeah, about mirrors yeah. yeah there's definitely yeah and that's kind of been said so this thing is bolted to the wall now uh, and he wakes up and it's on the on the floor again so he goes and he asks the previous owners and they say that a long time ago so like uh, a couple of generations 50 or 60 years ago and th- this is this is the bit that makes you know made me go jinkies. Uh, a child had died in the house. It was about age five. So it seems that that the ghost of the kid was haunting the place. I don't know the name of of the of the kid, but let's say he was called Thomas. At night, with with this information, at night he could you know uh, the noise happening, uh, the ghost running around the place. He could say, "Go to sleep, Thomas," and the noise would stop. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah. So, in the end, um, to, to wrap things up, in the end, um, he organized for a priest to come in uh, and to bless the house and, and to say a mass for, for the, the child and, like, the family uh, from that, that were in the house at the time, uh, back then. So the kid's family uh, came to the mass and everything. And oh, that right. stopped things. That's cool. Wow. Mm. That's yeah. insane. It's um, yeah. it's weird how many times I've heard ghost stories like that where somebody will just ask the ghost kindly to stop moving things or stop appearing in places and stuff. I had a friend as well whose house was haunted before, well, supposedly haunted. Her mom kept seeing this man's legs on the stairs and Ooh. eventually one day she was just like, all right, stop. Like, just stop showing up when I'm in the house by myself. It's really creepy. Like, she just basically told the ghost, just stop showing up. And she never saw it again. She never saw the legs again. Like, she was still hearing oh, things right, moving man. in the house. But apparently you can just <laughs> ask ghosts nicely to stop. Yeah, so that, that was happening, like, every... every When he found out the, guy, the kid's name, like, every night he was, just, you know, if the was making noise, he'd be like, go to sleep. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Maybe a, he just put the one. put the ghost into your cars that he's been working on. That, that could be it. The ghost in the machine. 
next time you're driving around and you see something in the rearview mirror, might be sitting in your back seat. You might have to ask Thomas to stop. Thomas, I'm going to pull over here now. <laughs> Thomas, don't make me pull over. Don't make me turn this car around, <laughs> Thomas. <laughs> no ice cream for you, kid. Um, Cars that's haunted. creepy, man. Yeah, that's really cool. But uh, moving on to the topic of this week's episode, I actually have to say thanks to Larry in the Discord for suggesting this. Larry is always sending the most bizarre cryptids and aliens into the Discord. Like, stuff I just never see anywhere else. Like, I'll never read about it online anywhere or read it in a book. And Larry will just find it and put it in the Discord. Um, But this one really caught my attention, and I just had to cover it in the podcast. It's just great. Uh, So this story begins in the winter of 1967. In February 14th, actually. So it was actually Valentine's Day. But this is not a romantic story, like at all. Well, no, it's not a romantic story. Claude Edwards was a 64-year-old farmer who was working away on his land in Tuscumbia, Missouri. It was a cold morning and Claude was heading out at early sunrise to check on his cows. So it was early in the morning, freezing cold. And apparently Claude Edwards was a man who had no time for anything paranormal. Like people tried to talk to him before about like, like I'm pretty sure in that area it's common enough to see Bigfoots and ghosts and stuff like that. He just didn't have time for it at all. He didn't talk to anybody if they were talking about that kind of stuff. He just did not believe in it. He was a man <laughs> of science. Bah! <laughs> he was a skeptic, just like you, Oshin. Yes, just like me. The first unusual thing that Claude noticed that morning was that all his cattle were facing in the same direction in the field. They were all facing east. And it's an unusual sight, sure, but Claude assumed that it was something like a fox or something they were looking at and he decided to go investigate it. So he didn't think it was anything paranormal yet. It was just a weird sight. Because normally, you know, cows, they're just like, I don't think they all mm, face the same yeah. way normally. <laughs> they do. Are, are, it's sometimes they all, they're all like in the same plane of direction, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Usually though, like I, the cows that I've encountered anyway, it's like if you come up to the gate, if you're a farmer, especially because he did have a bucket of food with him. If he was to walk up to that gate, oh, yeah. they'd all turn and run towards him, but they didn't. They were still yeah. staring in this direction, you know? So it was a bit unusual. You got swarmed. So he assumed something spooked them like a fox. So he went off in the direction that they were looking at. And Edwards followed their stare through a grove of trees that led to his barn. So there's kind of like this barn and there's like this wide open field next to it. And he was still carrying Hmm. his bucket of feed for the cows. So he was still carrying that around. And he was astonished to see that next to his barn was what he described as a massive grayish green mushroom-like object which was perched atop a circular tube. So for all the world, it was like a giant mushroom. It was just this weird mushroom-shaped thing. So he's kind of looking at this thing in the distance, and he's like, what the fuck is that? Because it would make sense for a mushroom to be there in the morning time too. But this thing was huge. Mm. And upon seeing this, Edwards walked up to his barn and locked it by latching the door shut. And then he put his bucket of feed down that he was carrying. You know, as (laughs) as if the this mushroom thing was going to raid his barn or something. He was more concerned about being (laughs) robbed. So he made sure the barn was locked and everything was secure before he went to investigate it. Which is just so funny. Given the mushroom shifty eyes. Yeah. 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 Why are farmers like that though? (laughs) Farmers are just like that though. They don't don't trust foreigners like at all. (laughs) Or foreign things. So the barn was secure but Edwards turned around to get a look at this strange object occupying his land. That's when he saw one of the strangest creatures I have ever heard of. And that's saying something, because we did an episode on the Snallygaster, which was like a flying tentacle bird thing. These things are nearly (laughs) weirder. This is what grabbed my attention. So Edward saw a gaggle of small creatures underneath the craft. So underneath the like mushroom top, they were all like running around there. 
There was about 70 feet between Edwards and the creatures as well. And there were also a few cows between him and the craft too. So he was a good distance away. (laughs) And the cows were getting really spooked by these things. Like they were freaking out. And this really pissed him off. He didn't didn't like the trespassers on his property and they were really upsetting his cows. So he was furious. And he starts heading towards these creatures. And I have no doubt that this man was ready to lecture these aliens about private property. Like, regardless of what planet they came from, he was ready to have a go at them. And as he got closer to them, they started to move more frantically. As he got closer, he realized just how small these things were. So they were about three feet tall, and they were kind of an off grayish green color. And apparently these things didn't really have hands either. They just had these kind of strange appendages. Like, they were moving their arms around so quickly that it was hard to make out the shape, but they... Like, they might have had fingers, but something... Like, they were just (laughs) impossible for him to tell because their arms were moving so fast that... (laughs) The only way I can describe it is, like... You know that gif of Kermit when he's, like... (laughs) Kermit the Frog, when he's, like... (laughs) His arms are flailing around? That's these these creatures. That's what they looked like. (laughs) Oh. Um, If you want to look at the second picture I sent you there. (laughs) The second one, okay. Yeah, it should be green. That's what, <laughs> that's what they looked like. The arms were kind of like ribbons nearly, uh, in description anyway, but really thin and they would just be flailing all over the place. And like as he was getting closer, they were kind of flailing more mentally. I'm quite a visual thinker, so like this, there, there is a wonderful image in my brain yeah. right now. <laughs> I feel like you should animate this. Uh, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> But Edwards also claimed that these aliens were either wearing goggles or had large, wide-set, just completely black eyes. They also had like these weird flat kind of beak-looking things where their mouth should be. So it's kind of like, were they wearing masks or is that just the way their face looked? Because the description is super weird. So Edwards just watched these creatures as they kind of like buzzed back and forth underneath the ship. Like they weren't even doing anything. Like I'd say something if they were like repairing it or fixing it or something. But they were literally just running around underneath this mushroom like... Just tweaking out. Frantically swinging their arms around. <laughs> yeah, I still can't stop big drink Kermit the Frog. Especially because they're green too. Um, he would later claim that these invaders, that's his words, resembled little green penguins with no visible neck. So they were about penguin height, and they had like a kind of that beak thing. If you look at the picture I sent you, they kind of have like a little beak thingy, and the eyes. <laughs> That's the picture he drew, by the way. I was gonna say, like, did he did he get like he didn't really, a kid like, to draw it? <laughs> no. Like, did he dictate he it to a toddler? He was a farmer from 1967. Give him a break, man. If you want to look at the other picture I sent you, that's an artist rendition of them. <laughs> you can kind of have more of a beak in that drawing. Their feet are terrifying too. They're kind of like underneath a. Skin sack. In that pit, the le- the left one most one looks like he has so much sass. <laughs> it kind of looks and like one, Squidward. The one on right? the right is, the one on the right is just done. <laughs> He's like, hmm. the one on the right is me after I take a shot of tequila. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Edwards also stated that he had no idea how they were moving their arms. Like it didn't really make sense to him how they were moving. Like it. Like, we move because we have muscles in our arms. He didn't understand how their arms mm. were moving around the place. It kind of looked like, I don't know. He didn't really say. It was just kind of more like, it didn't naturally make sense to him the way that his ha- the arms were moving on them, is what he said, pretty much. Mm. So Edwards just accepted that he was looking at an alien now, and he does what any normal man would do in this situation. He picks up the biggest rock he can find, and he's getting ready to throw it at the ship. Okay. It's the equivalent yep. of poking it with a stick to see what it'll do, basically. <laughs> 
it's also like so animalistic too it's like if a monkey saw this thing it would do the exact same thing it would pick up a rock and throw it at it <laughs> humans have not yes. evolved that far the lizard brain kicks in yeah, i wonder if the little aliens like started running around even faster when they saw the guy <laughs> <laughs> just gr- pulling the rock up over his head <laughs> <laughs> like turkeys <laughs> Yeah, and he started moving closer to the ship. So he had this rock in his hand, and he's getting ready to throw it. And as he gets, like, within 15 feet of the mushroom ship, he was abruptly stopped by some sort of force field. So he kind of just, like, hit an invisible wall. And he described it as pressure holding him back. Uh, He was actually quoted saying, I thought I was going right up to it. I got up there, and there it was. It was just, I just walked against a wall. So he literally said, like, he just walked into an invisible wall that was not there. <laughs> so he was just, just he had the full intention of walking up to this ship, but literally just bounced off something that was invisible. He would later describe the metallic surface of the vehicle as being smooth and seamless, even going as far as to compare it to shiny silk. So it's kind of like not not the usual metallic ship material that you'd hear about, and it's not that smooth metal. It's shiny and silky and weird looking. Some fancy polymer. He estimated that the curved top of the craft was about 18 feet in diameter and nearly 8 feet um, at its apex. The stem-like tube that was supporting the object, so like the stem of the mushroom, uh, was made of the same material as the domed top, but it stood much taller than the beings beneath it, so it was way taller than them, probably about 8 foot as well. Mm. He goes on to describe the ship. The object just looked like a big shell, greyish-green looking outfit. And underneath, there were oblong holes where the lights were coming out. They were so bright you couldn't see what was up there. As if a color wheel was turning inside the thing. So it was like... There's like these windows underneath along the edge of it. The windows? Yeah, on the mushroom yeah. thing. But there was just coloredy lights coming out of it like a fucking disco ball <laughs> inside <laughs> of this thing. <laughs> these are the raddest aliens ever so far. There's probably like a huge party going on inside and... They just needed to get some fresh air. <laughs> Probably. They're taking a breather, but like that, like you know, them re- trying to relax but being completely wild just goes to show how much of a party it is inside. Do you think they're just like alien mushroom fanatics? Like, there's no mushrooms grow on their planet, so they come to Earth looking for mushrooms. They have a mushroom shaped so. ship. I, 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 I hope that. I hope that there's like yeah, mushroom tours. <laughs> yeah, but the farmer kind of like backed off a bit, about ten feet away from the invisible wall, and. Then he hurled one of his rocks that he gathered at the object. And the first rock bounced off the barricade, the, the kind of invisible wall. And it didn't make any noise when it bounced off of it. It just kind of like, I don't know why I did that with my hand. It didn't make any noise. And I went, <laughs> <laughs> no one could see me. Um, anyway, he threw a rock at it and it bounced off of it, but it made no noise. And then he threw a second rock. with like, But he threw it way harder. He threw it with much more force. And it what? it did was like it skimmed over the object like there was an invisible wall going over it but it's curved like a dome and it landed Mm -hmm. somewhere on the other side of the ufo so it just kind of like skimmed over it like a rock as soon as he threw the second rock this the little green creatures disappeared behind the shaft of the mushroom so they kind of like ran behind the tube in the middle of the craft and i'm assuming that they entered some kind of access door on the other side like he couldn't see them but that's just what he assumed that he, they just kind of went into the mushroom mm. on the other side They're probably entry hatch and an elevator <laughs> he didn't actually say how many that, of them there that's were how, that's how all mushroom shaped spaceships look uh, on the inside yeah <laughs> they're just going back into their disco 
He could. He knew they were entering a door because when they opened, you could just hear do 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 But the mushroom shift tilted towards the farmer twice, and then the third time it tilted, it actually started to ascend. So the flying mushroom soared skyward at an inhuman speed. Uh, then it leveled off, so it kind of tilted and went up the way, and then it kind of turned back up around. And it, then he said that it headed in the direction of Saint Elizabeth which is located northeast of Tuscumbia. So it just took off. It right. <laughs> just whoom, in a different direction. Edward said the whole thing took over five minutes, maybe ten. I have never seen anything like it. It looked like a shiny silk or something. I couldn't tell. I was going to, I was going to tell, though, if I could have hit it with the rock. So he wanted to hit it with the rock to see if it was made of silk, basically. That was his plan. His plan was mm. to throw a rock at it and stop the ship from taking off. He was fully planning on taking these guys to court. Yeah, but Edwards never really tried to get publicity or money out of the UFO sighting at all. Like, he was really reluctant to even tell anyone about it at first. He only told people that he really trusted or, you know, like, family members that were really close to him. And they kind of encouraged him to tell other people. Yeah, that's kind of interesting about it. Because any of the kind of more hoaxy UFO ones, that it's all been for publicity or to charge an entry fee. Yeah, or they'll write a book about and, it, you know, and that's how you kind of learn about yeah. it. Like, I mean, mm. to have a name like that, like nobody really wants to be the UFO guy, especially back in 1967. Like nowadays, it's like way more common for people to come forward with these stories. But back then, you were just the local lunatic. If you, were, if you were telling people there were space penguins in your back garden. But apparently there's another story of some Finnish lumberjacks who also encountered these creatures, but I honestly didn't have time to investigate it completely. But it's always <laughs> interesting when there's several sightings of the same kind of creature. But the real question yeah. is, did they actually look like that with the green skin and the weird mask looking faces? Or were they like some kind of alien wearing a space suit or a breathing apparatus? Like, are they the typical... <laughs> this is my theory is that they were just like alien greys so you know like the text textbook alien they're normally uh -huh. about three feet as well roughly they can be taller but yeah around that that were just wearing these suits in their mushroom craft taking these psychedelics flying through space they stopped off at earth to find some magic mushrooms they have their lights going in their in their disco thing they're just tripping out underneath this mushroom having a great time and then this farmer shows up starts throwing rocks at them and then they gotta get out of there like do you think the ship tilting because it tilted about forward three times before they managed to take off was that them like trying to turn the engine over like like trying to shovel mushrooms into a reactor because it's unusual for it's so weird but it's unusual for spaceships to just take off really fast from the ground normally they go up a bit and then they take off from the sky like, they ascend slowly, and then they shoot off into outer space. But this seems to have been the opposite. Like, they just hit the fucking gas, and they're <laughs> into the sky. <laughs> Quick, just, just tilt it and point it in the right direction. <laughs> and, it's not tournament. Uh, <laughs> I'm just imagining them, like, on, on the command deck now, just <laughs> with the flailing arms. <laughs> <laughs> with, the, with the flashing party lights, the disco lights in the background. <laughs> It's just one of them that's more sober than the rest of them trying to start the fucking machine. <laughs> Disco music stops. We gotta get out of here. It's just so weird. It's not like any other, like, alien story that you'd ever hear. <laughs> the fact that they're just mm. space penguins is just so weird. I like that idea, though. That I like the idea that it's their spacesuits, all right. Yeah, I think it makes sense that it would be spacesuits. Because, I mean, like, not every... Uh, hypothetically, if other intelligent life forms are visiting Earth. Not all of them would be able to breathe 
the air that we have or even the temperature might be wrong or you know gravity or something yeah it would make sense you wouldn't wouldn't take the chance like you know first time stepping off a spaceship yeah yeah but i assume like if they're so intelligent that they can master intergalactic Mm. travel they would know whether or not but like i mean how many places can we even go to in our galaxy that we could safely step outside and not wear anything I do love the idea that they're just like a bunch of hippie alien greys. You picture an alien grey, mm. but picture it, picture it in a gimp suit. Is that not what you're looking at? In a gimp suit? Yeah, like a green gimp suit. It's kind of like in, uh, you know, Hellraiser? You know, the chatterer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way he has his... We solved yeah. it. It's solved. <laughs> it's just, kinky... Just some kinky aliens, It's just some yo. kinky hippie aliens. <laughs> their arms freak me out, though. I, I, I don't like their arms at all. It wouldn't be super unusual, and I'm pretty sure something like that does probably exist. Do you think it's like a robotic arms then? Well, if it was if it was a spacesuit, it would make a bit of sense. So do you think their robotic arms were just malfunctioning, <laughs> <laughs> like all of them at once? They're probably partying, you know. I'm just trying to figure out why they're that's so a good, skinny. Yeah, that's a good point. So actually, maybe they were like dancing. That's Halloween sort of now the costume. <laughs> I'd pay good money to see you do that. I'd pay good money not to. <laughs> what would you do if you if you were the farmer hypothetically? And all your cows were staring in a direction, you went that direction, and you witnessed these creepy alien dudes mu- dancing under the mushroom. What would you do? I would try to, well, I'd probably be freaked out, but if I had my wits about me, I'd probably try to make a more peaceful first contact. <laughs> what would your, What would you do, though? Would you just try to approach them, or? Yeah, I think so. I think I'd be with the farmer. I think I'd be you throwing know. rocks at them. <laughs> <laughs> they're, lucky, they're lucky they didn't get, get shot lawn. at, to be honest. This farmer in Missouri, I'm shocked he didn't have a pistol on him or something. Or a <laughs> shotgun or a rifle or something. I mean, it makes sense that they had a force field up. You just can't be too sure. So, what do you think, then? No. Do you think, uh, real or not real, did this man actually encounter space penguins? I really want to say that I do think so. But I'm... I, the, the skeptical bone, it's coming back, but what, you know? what's holding you back from saying yes? Well, it's the 60s. Like, there is space... It's like, there has been films with, with flying saucers already. So you think the farmer's just lying? You think he's lying about the space penguins? And the mushroom? No, no, it's 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 definitely true. Okay, good. There's actually pictures of the hole in the ground that it created as well. Well, I believe in it, obviously. Um, I would love to meet one of these people. I, you know what we should do? We should actually just start categorizing alien encounters and different types of aliens. These guys are definitely mm. interesting, though. I've never seen anything like that before. Uh, that's everything we have for this week, guys. Uh, thanks again to Larry for suggesting that. That was really fun to look into. That was really fun, yeah. <laughs> Super interesting. Yeah. Nice one. If you're enjoying the podcast, you can leave us a review wherever you listen to it. It really helps us out. And you can follow us on Spotify and Twitter at ParanormalHL. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.